Good morning, yeah. good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you again for listening to another episode on Talk Architecture podcast. I'm your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaqub, and I would like to welcome Architect Wee. Hi, Architect. Hi, 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 Naziati. Long so, time. Are you Lok Wee or Wee? I just, just, just call me Lok Wee, will do. Yeah. Yeah, Lok Wee, yes. Um, I've known you since a um, long time ago in University Technology Malaysia in Johor Bahru. Yep. Uh, that was the first time I met you when you were with Jimmy Lim. And after that, you were on your own. And um, of course, uh, again, in 96, 1996, when you assisted with our um, third year with me as a part-time lecturer. But you have also been with many other schools of architecture in Malaysia, such as and being the adjunct professor for University Putra Malaysia, from 2008 and 2015, and and on and off with the University of Malaya and so many other universities such as UTM, Taylor's, UITM, UKM, and so on, right? Yes. So um, that's why I'm, I would love to hear your opinion on um, design courses in architecture schools. Um, for example, just a very... We we're going to go into because I know you love manual drawings, you love wood architect, wooden architecture, you love the, the tactility of it all. So I, I would like to to look at some of anything, you know, a design problem that could be to do with construction or design or the whole anything at all, you know, to do with the context, to do with the urban design problem. Design problems in architecture design courses in school compared to design problems in architecture practice? Is there a difference when we think about design problems, you know, when we focus on design problem, as when we tackle it in school as a, as a student of architecture, and as we tackle it in, in as an architect in practice? So what is the main difference when tackling a design problem in school compared to in practice and why do we need to get the graduates well equipped for the challenge of practice? There is a yeah. catch there, you know, with yeah. this question. If you would like to yeah. start yeah. the ball rolling, yeah, I think yeah, it. I think it's quite quite uh, it's a very um, question that I think we keep asking ourselves. I think as a practitioner or you're teaching, this always the issue, right? While in the academic, we try to say, well, we are not producing economic agent. I mean, people are ready to plug in. We want people with critical thought. But when you go to the profession, then they're complaining. Why these people don't know what Pumba also don't know? They're expecting like, nearly like plug and play type of uh, architects. Right? Mm -hmm. And then again, I think the another aspect is that I think the making of an architect is, is like, Two main portion. One is like the degree course, which is three years, and then they'll take a break, or some don't with a good, uh, good result. They probably proceed with the master. So I think your question about like um, uh, what do you call um, the different, but I think there's a lot of different, and yet I think there's similarity. I think in architecture, things are created twice. First, you must come out with a sort of a drawing, your idea, transform from your idea to a drawing and a model or what have you. That is the part where the education stops, right? But the real in practice, real life practice is that it's actually from the drawing you put it in place in the real terms, right? Which I think most of the architects, maybe if they are architecture students, unless they go to a 
internship, even six months is not very long. They chances are they don't really get that whole process. They probably came in between or they go to the side or or what have you. So I would say I think to uh the the you're talking about being uh educating and architects, I think it's still uh to prepare them for practice. It's really I think we have to uh, from the university point of view, I think you have to make a position. I think you can ha- cannot have both. Like recently, I find that the the student from Kansas uh, University of Kansas is interesting. Like when they are in third year, they actually have to involve in the real life project for the entire year, right? So that means they have to get something built, and then they have to find the funding or whatever. Then I think they probably they will have an advantage of like being into the industry faster. Right, fourth year also apparently they have one, and and and, and fifth year also have one. Like in Malaysia, I don't see any university that is doing that. Right, so you are talking about dovetailing, preparing them into into uh, practice. I think uh, in Malaysia, I don't think we are we are you know we are we don't really have that paradigm shift yet. That that's one aspect, right? So I I from my viewpoint, I don't know how. I think although I'm very active. Being a reviewer and examiner and all that, I I make my my thought very clear. And even even recently with Utah, I'm the in, industrial advisory panel there. But I think we are one of the many. And then you are like in touch only for about a few weeks, right? A few weeks. Oh no, even one day mainly the intensive thing that you look at. Um, I I really don't know how, but uh, that that I would say that uh, in terms of education, for me, I still feel that um. Overall, our uh, degree one, I can understand. Like they just get into get to know architecture, so everything is very well structured, right? And then uh, the phenomena that I see is that you know, while in a good school, the students are always being uh, drilled or told them that design is so important. And then after their internship, they work a little bit before they come into the university uh, master. I noticed that a lot of them lost team or they lost trust, meaning they a lot of them come back to me. Uh, in fact, I was interviewed uh, with a, a group of students year four, and then some of them like privately revealed to me that you know it's so mundane. The 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 what you, the client don't really care about what you said. Like every time they attend, uh, but they are talking about medium firm probably. Like the developer, uh, client side is probably more interested in cutting costs and, and, and you know, rather than interesting, interested in the idea. So when they come into the master degree, I find that, uh, the education somehow, the being an educator, we need to like, I wouldn't say reoriented them, but somehow try to find out what, what is the issue. A lot of them actually, some don't even continue, right? And, uh, when they are actually continuing in the master, I feel that we are still in the same mind frame. We're still very structured. Although I mean, in master, like like typically in the fourth year, like you have urban design, high rises, and all that, with the view that high rise is like so that they know, you know, as a critical thing about fire thing. But I don't think it need to take semester to learn. I think that could have picked up outside. Of the school, right? And I feel that that structure could have been more, more open, right? In fact, when I go to some university, I know they are very structured. They have, they must have the SOA schedule area, must have this complexity or whatever. But I feel that especially fifth year, uh, they should be more adventurous and um, having involved with quite a few students overseas as well. 
like more recently one, I think one probably you already interviewed like Yvonne, you know, I, I know I mentioned her name, but I'm just saying she's studying in AA, right? So the AA is interesting, like unit based. So like 20s, they, they are like, uh, they, they really find the topic that they want. And then they sort of match up with people outside of the university that will take them through from idea to un until their final outcome, right? Which I don't think it happened here. I think here in even uh, in the university that I'm involved in, I still feel that some people blame Flam. And as you know, you're with, uh, in the clubhouse with me and all that. In fact, Lamb on their own with a guideline and all that, it seems they still give a lot of flexibility. But the outcome is such that uh, all school, I think they tend to fall back to, I call it the HHU, you know. You must have housing, you must have high-rise, and you have, must urban. I think that sort of a framework is sort of like important. I'm not saying that they are irrelevant, but it's somehow, I think, it, it is still, to me, it's a bit too structured to to what you call, uh, to to encourage a still student to think more freely, la. So I'll stop at that, and then we'll see how we question. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is uh, this is uh, really interesting that you bring out all these points. And then I was thinking that the fifth year, when we go back to the fifth year, you mentioned about Chia Yvonne and uh, the last of the year that she was in um, the fifth year in AA, and then you were talking about the degree and the internship, and. Okay, we, 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 we go back into um, understanding practice later, but we focus now the next discussion on this um, design thesis and the importance of the design thesis. And then this design thesis sits um, in between or at the end of that HHU, which is the Housing High Rise Urban uh, sort of uh, course, because when we talk, think about the first three years, uh, grasping on the technical aspects, the, the structure and services integration and all that, and and focusing on the technical com complexities, usually that's why you have this housing and high-rise, because that's the most complex that it get. you know. That's why it's introduced in the fourth year. I'm thinking about what um, what was the idea behind the introduction of housing and high rise uh, in 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 the fourth year and or the fifth year? And somehow in the middle of that is the design thesis, which could be a housing and high rise, or it could be um, any other topic like a more. Oh, but for fifth year, I, I don't think they are being hold up by things like this. Mm -hmm. I don't think so, right? Okay. Uh, I think fifth year is quite quite open. Uh, in the yeah. sense that in terms of topic. But what I mean is that um, uh, it's still, I feel that, uh, okay, one of the university, right? The student that quite frequently I went there for about, I think four or five times, right? Where I was three years there as an examiner. So the, the key, like in a student exit meeting, the, the most con problem that they have is that, like the, the you know, they, are, they have to be, the topic have to be vetted through, as you know, the program is chose by the, the student, so is the site, right? They only have a guideline, maybe how big is the site and how much of a build-up that they expect. But the topic that vetted through by the, the lecturer, which is fair enough, a group, a panel of five and things like that, then they came up with the ideation, the process, 
And the next semester, when they go on to the to proceed with the detail of the uh, this thing, is another separate set of a uh, lecturer, right? Like probably not as sympathetic as the earliest yeah. one or those people who understood the thing. And then some like got knocked back and stuff like that. And to me, I think that is a mismatch, right? So I, I mentioned like, for example, AA. What is, is that, the problem there? I mean, huh? what is the problem that you discover with that sort of system? It's because, you see, I think the lecturer are probably... Uh, Okay, I, I, I turn it around. Let's look at the AA system, which I, I find that it's actually more workable. Like the student want a topic, let's say climate change and, and, and whatever, right? And then they source out like they have like 26 units or whatever. And then they find a, the lecturer that were going to take them through the whole year. And then it's like a matching process almost, right? And then that, that lecturer is also very committed. And then probably they have the expertise or experience to guide the student through to, from an ideation to a very detailed detail thing but in our system this even the the lecturer might be doctorate or, or, or what have you nothing wrong with that but to have that the, the the interest for example the ideology that the student might want you also cannot expect the lecturer to know everything right so i think it is like for example for example like my student if they wanted to learn about timber then if they pair with me it seems to work very well but not that i'm an expert but i know where for them to learn more like for example guru lamb is not really well known in malaysia but i did interview somebody overseas you know did the mactan airport or whatever then i can pair them with them to actually find the the thing you know but you have to find me first right that's what i'm trying to say that, that if it's, let's say, talk about timber, lah, mm-hmm. but like, let's say other people probably interested in climate change, they shouldn't come and see me. They should actually pair with some practitioner, ideally, like even outside, maybe overseas or whatever, with digital or what have you. And then from there, I think then only you don't have this mismatch. And in that particular university, always the biggest issue is that when they move on to the next semester, they feel that they are, they don't, they are not really getting the support okay. that they have. Let me go and put it in another way. If you were to look at architecture education, not five years, but nine years. Too okay. long. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me go and explain to you. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to do a nine-year course. That's not what I meant. When you finish fifth year, because a lot of the issues that was raised today, when you, you raise some issues like the internship, do they actually get to learn? And is that the right time to learn? It is after part one. It's not what I meant. Actually, the technical part of it, when you talk about um, fourth year, the technical part of architecture and much of architecture education is to actually bring somebody to technical competence. They they start they have to do design, yes, but tech, technical competence is the end goal. So the point I'm trying to make is that uh, fifth year, fifth year is four years before. Four years before is there's fifth year and four years after before part three, you know the uh, the estimation. So what happens after fifth year? Okay, first, second, third, four years after fifth year. What happened? So actually, that is that time when when you think that you know you pass the baton when you talk about collaboration. That's why you when you mention about practitioner is important to be part of the collaboration in the architecture design studio courses. And um, I have had this in mind, I've written about it, where there are three types, you mentioned about expert just now on timber. 
there are three types of role that the students have to have in a design thesis where they are the driver, but they collaborate with these three roles. And it, that role could be in one person or it could be in three person or two person, which is the coach, the person who knows where they're at and where they should be in that journey, the coach, which is the consultant, which could be the, the, the external critique that come and uh, ask about the design problem and how the solution is. And the third one is the expert, which could be the climate change guy or the timber guy. And, and for me, I do a lot of universal design expertise as well. So when my student doing like a universal design uh, or elderly folks home or something, naturally I will take the expert role in the detailed design later on. So the point I'm trying to make is that um, there is when the fifth year, the student drive their own car, so to speak, you know. I mean, in certain universities, they are more independent earlier. But there, there, there is at least, uh, and when you say that uh, there should be, uh, there shouldn't be a change of lecturer from first semester design thesis to second semester design thesis. I'm, I, I, I would, um, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly because there is a, the, 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 when they decided on the topic, it's not like we are robots, right? The student. That when you have a supervisor, even in PhD or you know PhD, mm. that uh, that that person is committed to you until the end, you know. So that that is always there is something that's natural where you have a supervisor committed to your design. You can't just like plug and play like what you said. Mm. So I was just trying to summarize all these things for our conversation here because we have had this conversation a couple of years already in mm. clubhouse and so on. And that we are seem to be in agreement with certain of these points. I'm sure there are people interested in between us what mm. we agree and what we disagree on. And I think this is what we agree on so far, isn't it, Lo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I can go to the next question. Sure, sure. Carry on. So that so that you can um, explore other thoughts that you have. You can always go back to this point later on, you know, the, the ones that yeah, sure, sure. So now when we think about the challenges of architecture practice. We have the people uh, working in architecture practice, the fresh graduates, yeah? Uh, which I, 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 I request that we look at it like nine years, meaning that after you graduate from fifth year, you have this fresh graduates. Some of them are gonna give up. I've heard of people giving up because they, they end up uh, working for the client that is so cost, uh, cost conscious. And this student is not numb, you know. His mm. character is more exploring. So he got a client, and then his his uh his his boss would say, "No, no, you just have to deal with your client how you should deal with the client." Good training. <laughs> he, he wants to do graphic design. There was a previous discussion on this. Is in fact in the podcast. He wanted to do graphic design rather than architecture. So. So that's why we have people like that, or we have people who negotiate very well the first three or four years of architecture before part three, for example. In this uh, viewpoint uh, or consideration of people dropping out from architecture, what are the challenges of architecture practice from your perspective going forward? And I would like to also add whether Pam has done enough in your point of view, or is it Pam alone, or is it there should be much more discussion on this? There should be much more uh, study on this. There should be much more um, 
looking into what the role of architecture schools could provide in order that be less dropout from architecture. Yeah, but I, I somehow take a quite a different angle to look at this oh, issue. Sure. Yeah. Because I think I think there's some research, I think I heard somewhere, I mean, I stand to be corrected. I think it's only about 7% of the graduate, they eventually having a firm and running their own firm. And like, like what I said, it's already a very long course. That's why right, you're mentioning nine years. I know your idea is quite different. It's not, not so much to increase the academic nine years, but a good part of it actually like sort of put them in practice. It sort of remind me of uh, UTS, University Technology Sydney, during my time. I almost go in there. Like it's sort of like you, 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 you work part-time. You, no, you work full-time. No, you work part-time, but you, you study part-time also. Right, and then UTM uh, back in two zero one seven or two zero one eight, I was involved in the PCCA program, but I find that they also got a, its own set of challenges because the students are working full time, and then the idea, Doctor Doctor Halle, my good friend, was saying that you know, but it, it's it's quite a, quite a good move that you know you will have uh uh for example the 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 student would tend to have uh need a supervisor. So is their supervisor in the office become their supervisor? In theory, it seems to work, but I don't think it works all the time. In fact, some of the students, I don't see them turn up until the final moment. I really give them a hard time because you don't know how they progress. Suddenly, they have their, their project sort of like, you know, right in front of you, right? So I, yeah. I, I would say that... Uh, I, I wasn't really thinking about that uh, architecture program. I understand what you mean because I came across it when when the AA also wanted to do such a program oh. in the 1980s. But but I, I was thinking in theory that people are still learning after the fifth year. Oh. You're not going to have all the learning done right until fifth year because architecture is an application applic uh application based, yeah. Based yeah. Uh, applied technology. Applied or technology, like so to speak. Yeah. So it's not going to be um, you know, everything is going to be sorted out in five mm. years, but 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 we don't look at our curriculum that way. You see that they are still mm. learning. But actually, I I now I'm worried more on the bigger picture. Okay, okay. How well. architecture as a profession has been totally changed in program, right? I have a good friend in Doctor Zaki, you know, the like UPM. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like his approach. I like sympathetic or aligned with the approach of more humanity based. Right, more holistic base, right, and versus a reductionist type of uh, uh, approach. And this one, I think, go across even UM, UPM, or wherever. We always have this rubric, rubric, like we want to judge or evaluate the student, right? And then, interesting enough, they're also using a rubric to assess whether a lecturer should be promoted or not. But all those are very much an engineering base. They are very reductionist. I can see the value of rubric in a sense that it sort of give the student idea of what to expect, how many one to hundred a section now, whatever, whatever, right? So it's sort of like sort of detail out the certain bulk of deliverable, right? But if you look at it totally, let's say we move forward a little bit, right? If we have a student like let's say Zah Hadid with his curve and all that, or Frank Gary one, some of these actually cannot be drawn by a standard plan. Right, so like all those rubric won't work like, I mean, if I were to go to the extreme, right? But my issue with that is more like it become like a run cheat, you know, like when you want to assess this student compare with that, like we lost the overall because normally we experience the students' work or architecture in a very holistic manner. Like we're impressed by this, right? 
It's not because uh, his concept is better than his presentation or or his uh, his technical is better than the, the rest or whatever. So I would say it tends to be a holistic type of way of looking at this. Now, that's the first first thing, meaning the the application of Rubik, I think, very much engineering-based. And engineering, one plus one equal to two. But whereas for architect, we tend to be more more uh, artistic-based. We're probably more artistically inclined. Like one plus one may equal to three or four or whatever, right? So I think that 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 sort of a mismatch, right, also put the architectural lecturer in a very bad spot, in my view. And then, okay, bigger, a wider picture, right? You look at a lot of university, the top, look at JKR, other institution, the top is actually an engineer, right? And then you just look at all the university, the engineering base. And then I got a good friend, I think you you know also Chia Kok Meng. He just came and had durian with me of, uh, last week or week before. It is that um, the beginning of last year, the, the department will be parked under the engineering, right? So you see, previously architecture is parked under humanity. Right, and oh, then yeah. uh, so you we we you, you see our our value our value system when we look at it in a humanity context, meaning the student have to be more equipped with general study, with liberal arts, with philosophy. Although it look like they don't have a direct impact on architecture, but in my view, it does. Right, so but it it become like you know sometimes like it, even the last few years, I feel there's a shift that actually scares me. Right. The one of the students want to do the UM, and then I suggest to to her after much discussion for master final year, is that UM as a student activism center, and then we talk about how it started, split off from Singapore, whatever. So get into politics, so the student get very excited, and then the lecturer also don't like it or whatever. But that's beside the point. What I'm trying to get at is, I, I mentioned to her, I say, hey, do you know, you know, like for example, you know, uh, Nelson Mandela. Who is Nelson Mandela? Mahatma Gandhi? Who is Mahatma Gandhi? I was shocked because he's architect or regardless being uh, somebody in the academic or study in university. Like how can, how when we come to a situation that we lost touch with the general humanity value that represented by those few people, I'm not saying that they are perfect, but I feel that um, it somehow it become, to me, it become worse and worse. Like the even now, I don't have to say that whether they know who, uh, uh, you know, our alto is or whatever. I noticed that, like for example, a lot of social media like Pinterest, uh, Art Daily, and things like that. The precedent study for fifth year, a lot of time they have images to show me, and quite a latest architects. Yeah, not old architects. And then I say, who are they? It's, oh, sir, I don't know. It's just a very interesting image. And then I'm going to use this, this, this. Like in the past, that you would want to know. Not to say that you want to know totally what the architects stand for, but you know the value system for, for them to come out with this sort of a, or ideological things that they, they came out with a particular design. So when we talk about ideological, you think that we should be more like AA, like in Chia Yvonne's case, going deeper into some theory, social yeah, theory, yeah. interdisciplinary. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think probably you read the book called Fame, F-A-M-E, right? I think quite some time ago. So it's that they, they, they talk about how architects uh, become famous or the, the, the definition of fame or whatever, whatever, right? They, they talk about AA, they, the Elvin Boyapsky, right? And then they, 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 they conclude that pretty much Elvin Boyapsky, not that he doesn't have a position, he had a position, but he have like John Hejuk, he have a lot of people there, right? But he, 
he he managed to like hold this together, like this totally diametrically opposed idea together. Those people that inside the same faculty. That I think uh, what I mean by ideological things are uh, you we need some environment like that that it become lively right the student will be confused like crazy lah, but but these are the because uh, yeah. that would, sure. would would I think encourage you know a different way of looking at things uh, let me go back to your point just now when we you were talking about assessing students potential right in a more holistic way yeah you were talking about uh, UPM uh, Zaki Jaffa humanistic architecture actually there was a very good topic that you uh, you started talking about uh, regarding um, the why are we moving away from humanities to engineering. And uh, as a lecturer that has been 25 years in University of Malaya, I noticed that as well. But uh, our program, Alam Bina, went to en under engineering school from the beginning. And when you came uh, in those early days, uh, in 96, uh, uh, sorry, 97, uh, 98, 99, uh, we just started in 95 and we were a program in um, engineering. Now, does, this is kind of interesting because I have been a witness to certain things that have been happening. And um, before uh, before all this ranking system, you know, rubric and all this thing, before when they, if you were to look at the vice chancellor of University of Malaya, it is either a medical person or an engineering person. When it's a medical person, it's a bit relaxed. When it's engineering people, they start doing all the ranking, become very important, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And it becomes, so the engineering idea or the way they, because the, the engineering schools are top of the, in, in world ranking, in mm. electrical engineering is like fourth mm. best in the world or something in electrical engineering. So, so they always rely on the engineers and the uh, medic, medical mm. Um, academic. No, that's lead. exactly that's mm. exactly what it is. Like what Chia Kok Ming highlighted to me, yeah. that we are in a quandary basically because you see, for them, they want to know how do you teach and how do you know your idea or your knowledge, or whatever, can pass down in a measurable manner, right? And architecture is quite a quite a different kettle of fish, if you like. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel educator is when I actually went to visit my school, my teacher at that time, Rick Laplastria and Bruce Ricard, they're building. I think that's probably the most amazing education, walking through the space, right? And how do you quantify that? Right? And then talking to them, they're talking about life or they're talking about what they are, you know, how they read the landscape or whatever. How do you quantify that? You you can't come up with a rubric to to look at things no, like that. No, no, that's uh, this, this, this uh, fascination with rubric and all this is later in my my uh, yeah. role as an academic and is very frustrating. And we just relied on there was a, a stage where we just relied on the testimony of competence. Mm. That uh, there are, you know, the student. I mean, after first year, what is a competence, and second year after second year after third year, at the end of it, you know, the big portfolio review at the end of mm. the year. And we we don't let the student go through to the next year because of certain competencies are not there. You know, it's it's kind of traditional in that way. And through our own eyes, through our own um, debate, we we go for debates. We will go to the in front of the students' work and we debate about things, and uh, we come to uh, agree and dis uh, disagree <laughs> agree mm. on our disagreement. Mm. And at the end of the day. 
Uh, I think the School of Architecture uh, became uh, more of a business and less of a learning center when we start having a voting system. You know, say, okay, uh, how many of you lecturers in the portfolio review panel agree that this person should pass? You know, and then mm. I don't think that we should be because when that's the last thing that we should do, there should be more of consensual. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we have to argue like, over okay. the point, right? A particular mm. student. I think we have to judge like human being. It's not a. It's not that we are not being democracy. I agree with you. It's a group. Like for example, I actually enjoy my time with UPM because I work very well with Architect Sophie. He's a very, very open in her yeah. approach and stuff. So what happened is that when we come to assess a, a, a student, the all six or all four or whatever lecturer. It, it is about like you, you're looking at the point, you know, sometimes also that it's not that you don't want to fail the student, but sometimes failing a student may be good for the student also. If he or she didn't really measure up, he never do the thing or whatever, right? But overall, when you, let's say in the borderline case and stuff like that, it's like you'll be arguing a point why this student should pass or this student should fail, right? And then you get your, the best opinion will carry the day. Right, it's not. It's not like we just uh, just so short of time. Let's vote, right? So we yeah, we yeah. we don't we don't really give the the student a chance, you know. I thought that was the start of the downfall of architecture mm. education when we start when it's accepted to do voting like that, you know, because we ourselves the clue in architecture education is the educator themselves, right. how they look at learning, how they mm. would have conversations with each other. The, 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 of course, we may disagree with each other in different things, but um, one of the crux is also the manual and and uh, digital drawing. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually so, my pet peeve. Yeah. I go to all universities, I tell them the same thing. Like, for example, I look at myself, my own practice, right? Like, when I draw, I'm, I'm quite good at drawing sometimes, right? Even in school, student day, but architecture is not just about drawing. Like, uh, then... For me, my practice, yeah, we draw because we have no choice. My last time is just a board and all those things. Every toilet have to lay out with a template because any problem you have to scratch and then you can scratch so many times only before the, the, the thing bursts, right? Or not. So what, what happened is that manual to us, our older generation, is sort of like become part of us. But the new generation, I think the, we were looking at things quite different, the digital. Now, all university, you, UM, UPM included, Right, they said UKM also included. Like you, they are only allowed to touch the computer at second year, second semester, some earlier, or, or what have you. I think that is like a something like an elephant in the room that we are not addressing, because the student these days they are totally very conversant with with computer, and then there are certain perverted things happening. Like first year students, some are more advanced, meaning because I cannot use a, a, a what do you call computer, right? So actually I use it in SketchUp or whatever, Rhino, and then later I trace it oh. by freehand. A lot. I, I caught them, but not to say oh. I caught them for the sake of revealing them. But I just want to show that, you know, things of doing things are different already. And then why should you say it? You know, they give them an idea after third year, very hard for them to, for us to see sketches already because they think, oh, it's okay, I can use computer. So everything moves to computer. My own practice, I communicate with my, my contractor using sketch with a gridded paper, the, the, the detail or whatever, because the fastest way to, to communicate an idea. 
to scale, right? And then I all my conceptual drawing that I confirmed my detail are all freehand, curvilinear or linear, right? So, but it is uh, it is somehow they are more more uh, affinity have a better affinity to it. And interesting enough. I got a recent client, go through a lot of things. He came back, he sent me back my, my hand-drawn drawing. I, I want back this one after he wants so many changes that we the computer drawing one. Right? Yeah. So, so what I'm trying to say is that it is a lifetime practice. And then with digital, just don't be like, I, I feel that some schools are so scared of it. I think, no, let them be. But they have to go in parallel. I think one to five year, master until your practice, they have to convince themselves that for me, I can convince them very easily. I can show them the things that I do that, that actually you need that. You need both, right? You need both. And, and it's actually not to show that, oh, my, my, I'm very good at manual or manual is pretty or manual is like this, like that. No. The immediacy of thought to a paper is through a pen on paper, the brain to the hand and then to the paper. You know, faster uh, than mouse. Uh... I, somebody whom I'm interviewing on this aspect as well mentioned about muscle memory using your the mouse and using the pencil different. is different. Yeah, emotionally, I think you're not emotionally attached to a mouse, but you're emotionally attached to a pencil. Yeah. He did explain it quite well. Uh, you know how how he would reason it up. Being oh. the person who appreciate manual drawings and keep on sketching uh, as a project architect, you know. So it was kind of interesting um, to see what he said about that. Uh, going back into, a me- uh, just as, because we are, have been examiners in School of Architecture, uh, we, we, we both can reflect upon um, the, the fears of academics that the student cannot uh, be after part one, you know, when they 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 when they graduate part one, uh, they are not ready to be uh what do you call it with the digital drawing skills. Uh that that's why they got them to do digital drawing even in the second year. Mm. So the where where I came from from University Malaya, it did uh, in the second semester is when they allow them to do digital drawing. Mm. So the uh, like there will be out of that 40 students, about maybe less than five would still use manual sketches in the beginning, but the others decided no. And then they they would design, you know, I've seen student design circular buildings from second year to third year. <laughs> you know, and then you can, you with circular buildings, you don't have the sense of proportion well, the sense of order and proportion, meaning... You know, you did. You 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 decided not to go for um, squarish buildings or modular. You know, and so you you miss out on some sensibilities. So um, so I'm I'm in, uh, I'm concerned that the students when they go out, they won't be able to cope with architecture sensibilities. You know, I mean, they wouldn't. They would be afraid to do certain things when they're in practice. Or, you know... Um, in fact, I think you can yeah. do an anecdotal type of research. Talk to your student that's out there for about five years or ten years. Yeah, yeah. And see yeah. what they do or how this thing. I think it'll be very interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, of course, uh, we uh, the anecdotal research will be a very welcome. 
Um, so I think there's uh, about a minute or two for your conclusion. Uh, sorry, I've got a minute or two for you to conclude about what we have discussed today. And I think we we just started from where we left off before in Clubhouse yeah. and dealings with each other. Yeah. And um, so... Um, so you could you could give a point or two that that your concerns or maybe your advice whatever that you wish to. No, but mind you, I I I actually all very positive about the architecture thing because ultimately, I'm involved. I think you know back in 1991, so 30 odd years, right? But I think if it's 30 odd years ago, I still remember UTM. All most of the building are graded, and then I know I probably have a slightly different take on curvilinear. I feel that. Everything as long as like, you know, our auto is curvilinear, as long as there's the rationale or thinking behind it, that meaning that carry through with whatever shape that they want. I think I'm very open for that. But having said that, it, it is a big, big, uh, what do you call big, big space of time that you're involved with education, like 30 odd years. But I find the key ingredient is still the student, right? And then as the educator myself, the first First job I do, in fact, I didn't do anything architecture. I just want to create an environment. Let's say I have a group of like eight or twelve students that I have to handle. I would I will create an environment that they feel free and they feel safe to express their their opinion. You know, like I I don't believe that I can control their action, like what to do, where to do, or what to do. But it's just like I would challenge them, but. Ultimately, I think education is about the educator and with your group of colleagues. Ah, like create an environment that the student feel very safe to experiment. And then they feel that once even they are they are go off the the what do you call off the tangent, if they still get supported in a way, right? So you know every university would have their own take. But ultimately I would say with the 30 odd years that are involved, I think the key ingredient is still the student. And then I think the role of educator, uh, apart from, of course, obviously we are more, we make more mistakes than them. That's why we're probably more experienced. But overall, I think it's still like, it's about recreating an atmosphere, a bigger atmosphere that they, they feel safe and that, uh, 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 to, to, to operate. And then we can be honest with them. And a lot of time I would tell my student that, when I appear to be against you, probably that's the time that I'm actually for you because uh, to, to challenge you to go over your own ground rule, right? And then I think it's more for the, like for master degree especially, I think the key skill for the, the lecturer, uh, especially as I can see a lot of them like expect the student to listen to them and then want to see how they can influence the student. I think there's a mistake in my view. It's more for me, I would say, like what you say, it's a passenger. I, I say it's a passenger. But I, I, I don't think it's like a, a, a inactive passenger. It will probably because you went through the journey. But it's more like you challenge them. Uh, but I would never tell them where to go. Meaning, if they set the ground rule, this guy wants to do something about sponge city, climate change and things like that, I quickly do my own research. And at the end of the day, I ended up learning from them. But I will, from my source, I will challenge from them. And on my, from my own experience, I might challenge them technically, like they have a floating pontoon, blah, 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 blah. So, so I think overall, I think uh, I actually enjoy both practice and education, right? I always keep my, always I give a lot of time back to education a bit. So that not so much for the student alone, but for me to learn as well. So I think there is a wonderful part about Malaysian architecture education. So that we make a conclusion if you like. 
Okay, thank you so much, uh, Louis, for being here in Talk Architecture podcast episode uh, with the interviews on uh, certain individuals like yourself who are really keen on the architecture education and practice conundrum or linkages. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Louis. You're most welcome. It's my pleasure. Good to talk to you again, Aziati. Okay, thank you so much.